Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Hi Nikki, we are very delighted to have you on our podcast with us today. And we have Nikki Hill, who is our guest. And Nikki is the founder and owner of Creating Positive Change. So welcome to you, Nikki. Quick intro would be very welcome. Uh, well, I'm delighted to be here. So thank you for having me, Rebecca and Callum. Um, and yes, as you said, I love creating positive change. I do this with my life and business coaching. Um, and I guess in terms of a little background to me, um, I have over 20 years worth of experience in the talent acquisition and recruitment field. And I think that's where I potentially became a little bit of an accidental coach um, because a lot of individuals seem to really suffer from imposter syndrome, low self-belief when an interview came, came up. And um, this was a continual experience of mine. So I found myself coaching people into a more confident state um, and I got bitten by it. It's taken me a while to get here, I must admit. I've, um, I've been denying myself this, this career and this job that I've obviously uh, wanted to do for a long time, but I'm here now and um, it's, a, it's a great business. I get to meet lots of lovely people um, and, and enable them to change their life into the one that, that, that they want to live, which is incredible. So that's me. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Nikki. Thanks, thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to hearing some of your, uh, your coaching stories moving forward. Um, but just as like a quick question to, to start things off, either from your experience with from other leaders or perhaps, you know, leading uh, your coaching clients or whatever it might be yourself, what would you say like great, great leadership kind of looks like to you? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I think I've probably got actually a broad answer to that, but I'm going to shrink it down. Um, yeah. I'm going to follow a little bit the theme of some of your previous guests like T. Ricks. I really do believe in empathy. Um, I think that allows us to sort of create an environment of open um, communication, more effective feedback. Uh, you know, a strong example of, of where it goes wrong, I think, is actually in recruitment that I've had a lot of experience that you will start to struggle perhaps with your figures. You know, you're not billing as much. And a lot of leaders will then come towards you and, and question you in quite an aggressive manner. Whereas perhaps actually if empathy was employed and they sort of said, you know, is, how are you? Is something going on? What's, what's happening with you? Um, they could find out a lot more. And I can certainly speak from experience that some of what was happening with me might be just as simple as tiredness. You know, you haven't taken a break, you haven't gone on holiday. Um, so I think it's that and, and keeping with that theme as well, um, identifying talent. So, leadership for me and good leadership is about seeing the potential in the talent or the workforce that you have um, and I'm going to sort of push to a little bit of perhaps a female bias one of the things that I've seen in my career is especially in women that they don't actually always see their potential or how good they are um, and I think I've seen some really great leaders that have gone I can see that in you 
and help evolve that potential rather than actually going out to market you know why do you need to go out and source somewhere else when it's actually it's it's in it's in front of you so i think absolutely identifying talent empathy communication's got to be another big one you know the amount of times i've had conversations with people and i thought i've been heard and we all sort of delete distort we pick up the things that we want to hear we interpret things so um, again, having having a strong communication um, and and connecting with others in a way that they can actually understand you, I think, is is, is another element of, of good leadership. When we um, had a chat be, before Nikki, we we talked about some of your experiences where you've had not so good leadership, and I think we often <laughs> learn so much from that. So, we how do. has that shaped your perspective on what makes a great leader? And the comments that you made about great leadership really resonate with many of the leaders, the great leaders we've had on this podcast. So, what have you learned from not so good leadership? Um, to not do it, but uh, no, I think it's it's actually to be as open-minded and objective as you, as you can be. I mean, I think. A key, a key part of good leadership is self-awareness, but also to have awareness of other people. So, you know, I've, I've experienced lots of situations that I hope other people don't. I mean, one of them was, was a situation where I'd returned from uh, working from home and there was an image left on my desk, a black and white image, which on it had what I could assume was maybe a, a scene from a, a 50s office. And it had a gentleman that was relaxing in his desk, smoking, feet up, and, and a lady with, with a tea trolley. And so I questioned my male counterparts and I said, well, what's this? Why is this on my desk? Um, and the response was, well, this is the ideal office. And I was quite so, you know, obviously I was quite shocked about this. It wasn't so long ago. You know, I just I didn't imagine actually this this happened. And I think I think their error there was actually and it, it probably I don't want to just sort of defend them too much because it's, just, it, it's, it's not the thing to do. But I think their intention was to be humorous. And I think what they'd done in, in their role as leader is actually um, not necessarily understood me or understood the broader business and they led with what um, they thought was okay, rather than potentially maybe looking at the, the, the bigger picture. Um, and I think I think that's, it's, it's a hard lesson to learn that actually um, we need to be really aware of our environments, aware of everybody else, um, but also it's, it's how you mop up those mistakes. Um, and you know, that particular example was, was met with very defensive behavior, um, which is, it, it, doesn't solve for anybody. So I think, you know, we are gonna make mistakes, learn from them, um, but equally be aware of your environment, the people in it, it's complex, of course it is, we've all got different personalities. Um, but I think if you're not sure, then just don't do it, you know, hold back. If, if, you, if you think that that's funny to you, it might not be funny to another person. So, you know, just, just be cautious in the way that you interact with people. I think that's such a great example, Nikki, of, of, of an experience that you've had and leads to you saying it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes, isn't it? Seeing it from their perspective. 
how they're going to react, how they're going to respond. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're not saying it's easy. You know, leadership, I think, is constant evolvement. It changes every time you hire somebody new, um, you know, because that's another personality that's coming into the mix. Um, but I think equally, if you can, yeah, step into that other person's shoes or, or ask, you know, or ask them, get to know them. It can often be that simple. Let's let, help me understand who you are by um, knowing what your boundaries are. Um, what are the things that you, that you find funny, that you like, that motivate you, that you enjoy? It's just that exploration. It's almost like a really good first date, isn't it? You kind of sit there and you get to know each other and it should be kind of two way rather than it, you know, being a one way conversation. Sure. Nikki, I'm curious to, curious to hear your thoughts on this from, you know, having it running multiple different businesses. When would you say is like the first time you stepped in into a leadership position and perhaps kind of as a result of that, what, what sort of challenges uh, did you find that you faced and, and how did you overcome them? Oh, gosh. Yeah, good question. I think it was probably my first business, which I started when I was 30 and I set up a recruitment business with a business partner and it was, I think this is, I'd, I'd been in a management role before, but I hadn't done anything this big. And I was very aware that in effect, I bought myself a leadership role. I'd kind of, you know, I'd, I'd stepped off the ladder and you know, raced to the top without going, you know, going, going through the various sort of hierarchical um, experiences. So I felt really ill-equipped. Um, imposter syndrome came in. I felt like a really bad leader. I was hiring people that were older than me and that felt quite unusual um, and so I think my transition really started when I admitted I needed support um, I think when I admitted this is really difficult when I admitted this is overwhelming um, and then from there on in I think it's been an ongoing transition um, and it will continue to be so I you know I imagine for for myself so I think it was there I think it was when you know I've decided yes I'm gonna have this business I'm gonna I'm gonna hire people but I felt a responsibility to these individuals to be as good a leader as I possibly could be um but I didn't have the belief at that point so I needed to kind of work on me get the belief get the self-awareness and then um you know translate that to to the team and and and, and work with them and that actually came um with with hiring a coach again which was another sort of point of, of reference for me to go oh, okay there's something in this coaching malarkey it's not necessarily always about um there being a performance issue it's about actually saying well I want to be a better performer you know how can I do that I'll get myself a business coach do you, do you think or did you at that time Nikki share that with your team because one of the things that T said on the previous podcast is it's okay for leaders not to have all the answers. And that's something I personally have learned as well. So did you share that with your team at that time when you were feeling perhaps imposter syndrome, can I do this, however that manifested for you? Did you share I that? I didn't, no, I didn't. It was something that we were encouraged to do was to be sort of a bit more, bit more transparent, lead more emotionally. Um, I think it's certainly one of the things that I would um, advise an aspiring leader or um, it's it's certainly one of my biggest takeaways is actually to to bring a little bit of vulnerability bring a bit of the, the human to the table 
Um, and then I think actually that makes all parties a lot more forgiving, a lot more cohesive, a lot more collaborative, that actually we're understanding where we're all coming from. So sadly, I didn't. I think I felt a little bit maybe even ashamed, you know, that I wasn't quite stepping up to be what I wanted to be for them, which was this, um, you know, confident, knowing leader. Um, again, you know, imposter syndrome, I just felt like a little bit of a fraud, I was going to get found out. And why would I then help them find me out by telling them, which was, you know, a grave mistake, but, um, and one I wouldn't repeat. I, I agree with your, your thought process there, because I think, and I've experienced this, once you lift the lid off and say, I don't have all the answers, you get much more support. People are willing to help you find the answers, and it's much more of a collaborative approach than it would otherwise be. I think it really turns the tables around. So exactly. it's interesting how you would not operate in that way going forward and you would share that potential vulnerability. Definitely. And yeah. what an opportunity to find the answers elsewhere. You know, the minute you say, I don't have it, somebody else goes, well, I do. Yeah. And you're like, well, how fantastic. Okay, great. So, <laughs> yes. you know, uh, brilliant. Let's, let's, let's share it. So yeah, I've certainly, I've certainly learned some, some, some lessons as we do through the experience of, you know, life, leadership and business. Nice. Thanks. I'm quite, I'm quite interested to hear your thoughts on that in a bit more detail. How we, how would you say, cause I think, you know, like imposter syndrome is probably quite a common thing for people when they're running their own business or they're stepping into a role where they maybe feel like a little bit outside of their comfort zone or they're a bit of stretch or whatever it might be. So for anyone who's kind of in that position, whether that be within a business or maybe run their own business or whatever it might be, what sort of like three, if you could boil it down to three, maybe like tips or advice would you have for someone who can kind of help overcome that uh, imposter syndrome, maybe be a bit more open um, and kind of like really sort of step into that role? Mm, yeah, well, I mean, you're right. It does. It, it happens so often and and never more so as as individuals get to more senior levels because capabilities get stretched. And when capabilities get stretched, they get stretched into areas that we're not often, you know, not always that good at. So I think the first um, piece of advice would be a little bit of reflection and self-assessment. You know, what are the things that I'm good at? What are the things that I'm not good at? And off the back of that, I'm a big fan of delegate, outsource, get rid. Um, you know, I'm not an accountant and I've spent endless days on Excel and things, you know, getting getting into an absolute state. And I just thought, well, what am I doing? There's experts out there, go higher. Um, and I know that's a very romantic answer because perhaps, you know, we can't always afford um, to hire straight away. But I do think it's, it's really important where we can to, to, to outsource and then put a good, strong community, put a network talk about these things again it's going back to that vulnerability that openness that communication and you will find individuals out there that have had or are having similar experiences listen to a podcast you know if you've got somebody that you admire nine times out of ten they're making a fortune out of a book that they've published that talks about all these things so you know go get what it is that you need to find your sort of reassurance and get to know yourself and get rid of the stuff that's dragging you down Okay. Great advice. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you have any um, three? I mean, that's great insights into imposter syndrome, Nikki. Thank you. It's been raised quite a few times on the podcast now. And I always thought it was just a male thing, a female thing, but that's not the case. Um, we've had male uh, leaders on the podcast who say that it's applied equally to them. So that's been quite illuminating in a way. 
Yes, well, the, you're, I mean, you're so right. It was, I mean, it was first uh, recognized in the 1970s and it was thought to be only suffered by females. Um, and research has shown that men do suffer, but the reason it's perhaps a little bit more hidden is that men have more testosterone which is the confidence hormone. So men will suffer, but they're more inclined to just push through. So I'll just, I'll just do it. Whereas females obviously have a little less and we can then sort of get vacuumed up into this, this self-doubt. So both do suffer, absolutely. Um, and, and maybe the, the, the men out there haven't maybe felt comfortable either as yet of, of kind of communicating those, those vulnerabilities, but both do suffer it is more predominant. Um, and they do say imposter syndrome is women's silent career killer. Mm. It's quite a dramatic statement, but there we are. Well, you've got, you've shared some really practical tips to help come through that and overcome it, which is uh, very important and much appreciated. Would you give, what three tips would you share for somebody stepping up into a leadership role? I would certainly say, and again, I think, you know, this, I've, I've heard this on your podcast before, I think authenticity, 100%, but a self-aware authenticity. Um, you know, I do believe that we need to be chameleons. I do believe that we need to, to adapt, not deny our personalities, but just come at it from a position of sort of self-awareness. Um, what else? I think um, being as, as objective as you possibly can, um, and, and what I mean by that is recognizing the situations um, where your your objectivity might be compromised. You know, what are your triggers? What are where are you likely to to become human? Um, and and what kind of effect is that going to have on your your leadership role or the business that you work in? And then finally, I'd say get some sleep. Do you know what I mean? It's like we 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 stress about the small stuff we worry about it but actually you know get some good food sleep um all those things that actually re-energize us and, and make us able to be there not only for ourselves but for, for others and that's ultimately you know a lot of leaders go to bed with 20 people's mortgages going through their minds not just their own um and so it, it's looking after themselves in order that they can actually show up in the best possible energetic positive way to to be the person that, that ultimately is there for others. Uh, I really love that, Nikki, because I know how what a completely different person I am when I've not had enough sleep. Um, <laughs> you and me, you and me <laughs> both, absolutely. But I'm not worth being around. <laughs> yes, no, me either. I, 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 I need my sleep. And again, it's something I've almost criticised myself for. I've kind of thought, oh, you know, because we, we drink the Kool-Aid of what the, the, the successful person is. And, you know, I, I see myself as successful, but I don't get up at 5 a.m. Um, you know, so it, it, it's also, it, it, it's this journey of exploration. When are you at your best? Being kind, getting sleep, good food, all of the things that actually sometimes we forget, you know, those basic things that, that we all need to, to show up every day. There was one thing you mentioned there, Nikki, I'd just like to ask you, when you said be authentic, but be a chameleon, what, what did you mean by that? So it's, it's about always being true to yourself, but I like to, you know, so part of say my personality can be um, quite forthright and confident, but I also work with introverts. So, you know, I'm not going to deny myself who I am, but I'm also going to be aware of who I'm talking to. 
So I'm not going to fundamentally change myself, but I might change my style and my approach so that actually that person that I'm communicating with can be comfortable in the interaction. Got it. Uh, I think that's a great point. I'll definitely very much agree with that for sure. Um, there's one question here, which I would love to ask and get your thoughts on. Um, in terms of leadership, do you have any kind of role models that you particularly uh, find inspiring or that you look up to or, or admire kind of what they've done and, and, and how they operate? I do. I have quite, I, you know, quite a few. Um, I had an individual that I worked for many, many moons ago. Um, and I think he was the type of individual that just made me aspire to be so much better um, than, than what I believed I could be. And he sort of stuck, he stuck with me actually over the years. And I always like to think about what is it about that person? I mean, one of the things fundamentally was charisma, great person, you know, just basically was really interesting to listen to. But I think it was because he listened to me. He adopted this active listening. So when I went into his office, everything stopped. You know, he twist his body away from technology. The phone went down, the pen, the paper, whatever it was, and actually gave me the time of day. And it wasn't until I'd become more experienced in business and I actually really thought, I thought, what, what is it about that person? I thought it was just the person. But actually, it was this active listening. It was really listening to me. He was able to, by doing that, I think he sort of spotted maybe cues in my body language. He was able to read between the line. He really focused on who I was as a human being and what it was that I was there to say. And I think, you know, that, that really matters. And in, in a world where I think technology is there, yes, to help us, um, we need to be really conscious that it's, it's, it's really important to incorporate those things, you know, maybe have a tech-free meeting or just actually um, make sure you silence your phones, those kind of things. So that was the, he's the person who has stayed with me. He's the person who has totally um, inspired me and I've aspired to be. And I think it's that, I think it was just really listening to me, making me feel really important and being that, that all important present. Awesome. I really like that. I think, uh, you know, active listening is something that Kind of crops up time and time again in in, in leadership and, and other aspects as well. So, yeah, no, it was a, nice to hear your uh, kind of input from that and, and sort of like, like I guess that, how that made you feel when someone actually just kind of really zoned in and listened to what you were saying. And actually, not not is it difficult to do? I'm like, it's it's something that can be practiced, but it's not actually that difficult to do, is it? What do you think? I'm not, I mean, a, a bit of both. Um, I, I do think it's a skill. I do think it's something that we have to develop. I mean, there's a lots of stimuluses, there's lots of distractions. Um, it's it, it's something that I I do consciously practice um, because I, I I used to think that you know multitasking was was the badge that I was supposed to wear and that I could talk to a person, type a letter, and you know I don't know answer the phone at the same time. So this this idea that if you're not a multitasker, you, you know you're, you you're not capable. Um, so I think we have to, I think we do have to retrain ourselves. I think there's a lot of stimulus um, and we also have really busy lives, you know, and it's, it's, it's consciously saying, right, I'm not thinking about what I'm having for dinner when this person is talking to me, or I'm not thinking about, I've only got five minutes for this conversation. It's those little tweaks that I think really open us up to be able to truly listen. Um, and 
for me personally, that's taken a little bit of practice because my mind's a busy place. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I've consciously said, right, you know, I'm going to focus on what it is exactly that person's saying and also what it is they're not saying to me that I need to be picking up on on, on the, the, the cues, the body language, those types of things. You've had lots of years of experience in, you know, developing businesses and being in a leadership role, Nikki. What would you tell your young, what information or what advice rather is probably a better word, would you give your younger self stepping into a leadership role? I would certainly suggest that, you know, enjoy it. Um, I think you can miss a lot of the enjoyment from, from, from the journey. Um, I'd certainly tell myself to um, relax a bit, take a bit of the pressure off. Um, but I would, again, I think I'd reinforce that message that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to be alone in this journey. I mean, so much pressure is often put on experience itself. You know, when I've got experience in this, I'll be better at it. Um, and actually, if we, if we put the right team, the right people, the right resources around us, then actually we can speed up that trajectory. We can be a better leader. So I'd sort of say to myself, you know, don't wait to become a good leader. Become one by getting the right resources, the right, the right people. Um, and yeah, again, be vulnerable, be open, tell people, don't be so afraid to tell people how you're feeling, how you're doing and ask them too. I definitely yeah, agree with all those, all those points. And I think there's things that have like, kind of cropped up in, in previous episodes. You know, it's like the time is, you know, you hear kind of generally, don't you? The time isn't going to be, it's never going to be perfect to do something. And as you said, just yeah. kind of like, if you want to be a leader, just kind of get on with it and, and, and do it, I guess. Um, so as we as we sort of draw things to a close, Nikki, uh, you know, we like to take a, a minute or two at the end of the, the podcast just to kind of ask if there's, you know, any sort of final thoughts or remarks or opinions that you'd like to, to share with us in regards to leadership and then also anything that you've kind of got going on in, in your life with your business or anything you sort of like wanted to share with, with the audience. So uh, back over to you. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, I think, again, it's the, it's the overarching, isn't it, of leadership that, that, that we have a lot of expectation, either that we put on others or that we put on ourselves. And I think this is where perfectionism, again, that, that imposter syndrome comes in. So I think whilst we're all working really hard to be better leaders, it's really important to look after ourselves. And I think we can sometimes miss that on the journey that, you know, we're very busy um, getting the education, getting the skills, learning, getting the coach, doing the things that we need to do. But actually, are we, are we taking care of ourselves throughout that, that, that journey? So that's certainly something that I would say to um, leaders. It's something that I consciously say to myself, you know, take some time. Um, my business is embryonic, so it is demanding. You know, it's, it's, it's in its infant state, so it, it needs me all the time. And I have to keep reminding myself that actually I need me too in order to show up, you know, I need to take that break. And that's the thing, I think, find those things, find the things that help you decompress as a leader as well. You know, how do you escape from leadership? And sometimes we take it home, you know, leadership isn't just in, in business, is it? You know, we often lead as wives, husbands, partners, friends groups, you know, some people take on a leadership role. And it's just really important to make sure you decompress, you find that time for you um, and that you, enjoy this experience because what's the point otherwise for sure awesome amazing uh, amazing final remarks thanks Nikki. and then if there's anything you wanted to ask man but is there anything you would like to sort of share that you've got going on with your business that you would like to um sort of share with the audience or any any sort of closing thoughts 
Well, I am currently working on um, a new program called Channeling Creative Genius. And one of the things that I'm a big advocate for is encouraging creativity and individuality. So I'm bringing that through in a coaching program. Again, it's, it's about um, not necessarily feeling that you have to sort of conform. I think we're all internalizing a lot of social messaging and we believe that we're meant to be this certain way and we're denying a lot of actually who we are so I'm working on putting together this program to just allow people the freedom to be who they are and embrace that and encourage that and you know let people know that there's there's room in business for us all and actually what makes our businesses stand out is is our uniqueness and what we bring to the table. That's great to hear Nikki thank you for sharing that and I think my initial take on that is we have to let our talents and shine through. And as you've said a number of times, not cut yourself up from that, cut yourself off from that, or not deny yourself from Definitely. being that person that Definitely. has those great talents. And creativity is such an important part of leadership and not often discussed. So no, that sounds definitely. very good. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a really interesting one because exactly what you're saying one of the hardest questions I ever asked as a recruiter is what are your strengths you know and we don't we don't think back on those things what what are we good at what it what are our creative talents where are we where are we um, bringing those talents to life into the world so I think the more absolutely that we can be creative um, and we can reflect and we can be confident to be ourselves and, and recognize the strengths in ourselves um, then the better we'll be as, as leaders people and, and business owners really. Thank you Nikki thank you for sharing your insights with us really appreciated having you on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, big thank you for me as well. Thank you next taking the time. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to, to talk with you and hear your thoughts all on uh, leadership. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted your leadership. And if any of these concepts resonate with you and you'd like to find out more about leadership and business growth, go to the RGM website, rjen.co.uk.